Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Live and local. It's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler. Twelve fifty a.m. The fan. I'm Bart Winkler. That is Tim Shea. A reminder that your local Wendy's is just a few blocks away. This is how you want to start your day: a breakfast baconator combo with the side of wedges. Those wedges are so good. You get the wedges, and you know I, I'm a ketchup man. I don't. I don't even use anything. They're seasoned so good. You can get the hot honey chicken biscuit combo at Wendy's, the Frosty Chino. And for a limited time, you can still get those strawberry Frosties. So check that out at Wendy's. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from You Better You Bet. Weekday afternoons on the Odyssey app. He is Nick Costos. Good morning, Nick. How are you? What's up? How are we doing today? Ah, I mean, we're good. I, I'm very curious as to why the NBA just doesn't care about tampering, unless it's the Bucs. You know, then the Bucs lose a pick, and John Horst, the GM, once got fined $50,000 because he said, I want to sign Giannis again when they had Giannis. But everybody else is reportedly signing these deals, including looks like your Knicks are going to acquire Jalen Brunson. You got to be happy about that. Uh. I mean, not really. I mean, it's okay. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of of the opinion, like, like this is where Milwaukee, like, succeeded. Like, they, they got the generational guy. Like, the Bucks got Giannis. Yeah, and you keep taking swings until you get Giannis or, like, Kevin Durant or LeBron James or someone like this, right, that can come in and change the entire fortunes of a franchise. Um, like, until you get that guy, I just kind of think, like, everything's pointless. Like, that's how you win. Like, you can't win without a guy like that, without, like, a generational star like an absolute megastar, and the Knicks don't have one, and Jalen Brunson's not one. And it's not to be like – it's not to say Jalen Brunson sucks. Like, he doesn't. Like, he's a good player. 
Like, he's going to make the Knicks better. He might be the best player on the team, depending on the development of R.J. Barrett. It would be terrible if he was the best player on the team. It means they're not going to make the playoffs, or at best, they're going to be a playing team. I'm just of the opinion, like, philosophically, when you're building an NBA team, like, you need to – I, 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 people will kill, like, the process, what Oklahoma City's doing, what Philly did. But I, I kind of understand the philosophy of keep taking swings in the draft at unknown quantities until you acquire, like, your generational star. And the Knicks passed up on the opportunity to at least take a couple swings of the bat in the draft last week to, to sign Jalen Brunson, a, a good player. Like, it's not that he's bad. Like, he's good. It's just that, like, he's not that, and they don't have that. So it's just like kicking the can down the road a little bit, and I just don't understand what the point of it is. Like, like the Knicks are going to be in purgatory next year. Purgatory meaning, like, they're not bad enough to get, like, a top pick, where apparently, by the way, I don't know if people are aware of this, Bart, if you're aware of it, but there's a, a French kid named Victor Wembayama, who apparently is like the greatest prospect ever. Oh. And like the Spurs are going to tank to try and get him. Like they're going to trade DeJounte Murray basically to nothing, like to Atlanta maybe. And teams are going to start tanking for this guy. And the Knicks are going to be like, well, we're going to try and get like the sixth seed in the East. It's just pointless to me. It's just really stupid. So look, like he's good. Maybe, maybe the Knicks will be decent next year. Like are the Knicks beating the Bucks in a seven game series? No chance. Like the Heat. The Sixers, the Nets—I mean, zero percent. So, yeah, I, 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 I under, like, he's not—he's a bad player, but I mean, it, I just don't understand what it accomplishes. So, I'm, I'm pretty defeated, honestly, as a Knicks fan. Well, I, I find it, you know, perplexing, really, because you're right about the generational thing. And the Bucks, you know, I, they get Giannis in the middle of the first round, not even a lottery pick. Had they not drafted him, had they not known about him, had somebody else taken him, I don't know what shape the Bucks are in. Like, I don't even know if they're here. You know, the, he has completely changed everything, and you do need those guys. The I mean, the Bucks would have been doing this kind of stuff, going for the eighth seed, getting these guys, overpaying them. I just feel like with Brunson, you know, you watch him in the playoffs, and without Luka, he takes over and plays very well. And then there were some games where he faded away and then some games where he was really good again. I just feel like, did am I misreading how uh, am I misreading how good Jalen Brunson and the the, the, the the Knicks are willing to like clear everything for this guy? No, I, I think what's more realistic is the Knicks are just like doing something that nobody else would do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's there's I mean, look, I, I don't. But there's no, I don't want to do like conspiracy theory because like I, I'm not ed as educated as I should be if I'm going to talk about this. But like, you know, they hired like Rick, his dad, Jalen's dad, who played with the Knicks like when I was growing up. And he's like, a, he was like a big coach with like, I don't know if it's AAU or high school, but like he knows all the young kids. Um, like Leon Rose used to represent him. Leon Rose was the president of CAA and now he's the president of the Knicks. Like, there's a lot going on here that people would be able to be like, yeah, there's probably some shady things going on here that may not be done necessarily in the best interest of the team. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but, like, I'm just saying, like, these are, like, conclusions that I think people will, will, will be drawn to. Um, again, I'm just going to look at this from the basketball perspective. Like, okay, like, we get Nick get Jalen Brunson. Let's say R.J. Barrett like, takes the leap, whatever, and R.J. Barrett's really good. He's still not going to be good enough to beat any of these teams we referenced. Um, the rest of the team isn't great. Maybe Obi Toppin's okay. Again, like the upside of the team is to be like the, the five seed in the East, probably, and it get just destroyed in the first round by one of the Titans in the Eastern Conference. So I, I just don't, I don't understand the points. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like either try and win a championship or try and get the number one overall pick. The NBA punishes the teams in purgatory. You get punished if you're in the middle. Like, when you're in the middle, yeah. you either have to get the star to get to the top or bottom out to get to the bottom. 
and the Knicks are firmly in the middle right now. And it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, they've, they've sucked my entire life, basically, so it is what it is. One thing that we were looking at, uh, I think it was earlier this week, we were just looking at some of these odds to win the title next year. And I, I going back to last year and even with this year, like, I think the Warriors are around 5-1, to 6-1. to one. You know, the Celtics and the Clippers are high and the Bucks And the Nets are in there again at, at plus 600. I have them here at 6-1 to one odds. And I'm thinking, why are they so high all the time? Everyone knows they're a problem. Like, they're not a problem in a problem way. They're, they're a problem to themselves. But then I'm thinking, okay, well, if the Nets are like 12-1 to one odds, eh, then I might throw money at them. You know, if they're 20-1, to one, ah, okay, now – so that's why I think they're so high is that they, they don't deserve to be this high, but if they're any lower, everybody's going to put money on them. So that that's what I'm thinking. Is that accurate? Well, you know what that means? Then it's the right number, right? <laughs> that's that's yeah, what it means. Yeah. If it were like 10 to one, everyone would bet it. So it means it's the right number. Um, yeah. I, I just, in terms of title odds, like, I, I mean, we did this on the show the other day. Um, I, if I had to bet one team right now to win the championship, I'd bet Milwaukee uh, pretty, pretty easily actually. Um, I don't even really think twice about it. I would never bet Boston. Um, I just, I, I, I kind of think not that Boston's in trouble. Like they're, they're still going to be good. I just, I just don't know if they're going to like reach those heights again. And like it's obvious. And I said it last year. You know, when Milwaukee beat Brooklyn, like if Brooklyn had been healthy, they would have beaten the Bucks. That's just a fact. And also, like if Middleton had been healthy, the Bucks would have won the title this year. So like, I think both things can be true. Um, so like if if Milwaukee is going to be healthy next year. Like, the Bucs are going to win the championship, I think. I think they're the best team. And uh, I actually think the Nets are the second-best team. So I kind of agree with the way this odds board is set up. Um, like, Durant, Kyrie, and assuming that, that, that this all goes the way we think it's going to go. Durant, Kyrie, if we get word that, like, Ben Simmons is going to be good to go and who knows what's going to happen there, let's see what other, uh, other moves the Nets can make. I, that team's badass, man. That, that's an awesome team going into next year. And you have to think that they're going to be better off, like, roster-wise than they were last year when it was Durant, like, a half-hearted Kyrie Irving, and then, like, Bruce Brown and Patty Mills. Uh, yeah. Like, they're just going to be better. They're just going to be better. But I, I, I do think the Bucks are the best team. Um, if I had to pick one team, like, if my like, life were on the line, one team to win a championship, I'd pick Milwaukee. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, the Nets number or anything like that. I think it's, like, appropriately priced. Let me get to know you a little better. Nick Costos, you better, you bet. Um, Deshaun Watson, we don't know what's going to go on there. Let's say he's knocked out for the year. And you're Baker Mayfield. You playing for the Browns? Because I totally am. He says, like, I'm not yeah, going to play. I, 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 I don't want to so. play for the Browns. Hey, you got to play for the Browns. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, I think if it's, yeah, of course. Because, you know, I, I'm assuming, like, I, I'm a chip-on-the-shoulder guy. Yeah. I, you know, as I, as I get older, I don't know, you said you want to know more about me. You know, as, when I was younger, and I would get, like, passed up for opportunities, like, on-air stuff it would like make me want to like destroy everyone in my path. Like not actually like physically like hurt people, but I was like fueled by like, you know, that kind of, I don't know rage is the right word, but fueled by like that, like you say, I can't do it. And I'm going to, I think it's, I think it's healthy to always have one person that you despise. That's your enemy. I think that's healthy. I, 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 you know what? I, I, I tried like to, I really, really try like not to get into stuff like that now. So, like, I'm, I'm at a different point in my life now where, like, I, I don't necessarily know that I would feel this way. But, like, Baker's young, and when I was young, I would have definitely felt that way. And this is the ultimate chip-on-your-shoulder moment where, like, what happens if, 
And Baker's getting paid either way. Like, that's the thing. Like, he's getting his $18 million this year, whether he plays for Cleveland or not. Where, if I'm Baker, and I got the opportunity here, and Deshaun's knocked out for the season, and you can play, like, where would you rather play for? Like, the Browns or, like, the Seahawks or the Panthers? Like, obviously the Browns have the best roster. Um, and it's kind of an all-or-nothing move, and it depends on his confidence in himself. It feels like he's kind of, like, irrationally confident in himself, as he should be. Everybody should be, right? Everyone should be irrationally confident in themselves. Where it's the ultimate kind of, like, sink-or-swim opportunity, all-in moment, where if things go poorly, like, it's a disaster. But if he really feels confident in himself and he's healthy this year and he does well, like, what's going to happen? Like, if Baker leads them, like, I, I, like uh, into the playoffs, they go to, like, the AFC Championship game, like, He's basically screwed the team over for, for the next year. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to bring Deshaun Watson back, this guy who's like all, all these like allegations against him? Yeah. Or you've kind of got like, I don't want to say squeaky clean Baker Mayfield because he's been involved in some stuff, but I mean, it's like a no-brainer, right? At least from a PR perspective. So, yeah, I, if I were Baker, I, I would do it. Now, I would want, like the Browns would have to come kind of like crawling like hands and knees to be like, hey, we're sorry. And I would want that to happen, certainly. And I think he kind of like said that, right? He's like, you know, there would have to be kind of overtures on both sides, and they'd have to come to me. I agree with him on that, and the Browns may feel like they don't have to do that, but then they could also start Jacoby Brissett and go like seven and, and you know, seven yeah. and this year. So, so yeah, I, I kind of think if I were Baker, I, I, I would do it. I mean, 39-year-old Nick Costos probably be like, whatever, man. I don't, you know, but like 24-year-old Nick Costos, hell yeah, I'm, I'm, shov- I'm shoving it, man, absolutely. 38-year-old Bart would say, Yes, I will do it. I look at this as a challenge, and I'm excited. 24-year-old Bart would have said, I'm going to go play in the USFL and prove all y'all wrong. And then you'd never hear from 25-year-old Bart or 26-year-old Bart. Or, you know, the youth is wasted on the young, as they say, Nick. That's definitely true. I just just try and, like, I try and be progressively more chilled with, like, each year that I'm on this planet. Uh, This week, you know what's funny about uh, at least my – time in this job i feel like years ago when i was first in the biz this time of the year where there's only like baseball and then not much going on you kind of like didn't acknowledge it because but now everyone's just like there's nothing going on and we're just like we don't care and so like a weekend like this i mean i'm kind of interested in the usfl only because i'm a sicko and then i did see on these daily fantasies i could play live golf but i'm like I, I don't know. I I even feel dirty about playing it. What what is what's on? Like, what are you betting on? Just baseball? Uh yeah, betting on baseball. Um, candidly, like this is my last day of work for twelve days. I'm going on vacation. Um, I'm gonna like unplug. Like, like I'm. I mean, my my life from September just personally. My life from September like through like probably the end of April. And you know what? Even like forget that through the NBA playoffs, like all I do is watch sports. Yeah. Like this is like my like two month respite before like NFL preseason starts, where I can like actually have like a life outside of sports. And I love sports, and it's not to be like I oh Nick hates sports. I love sports. It's why I'm I'm obsessed with it. It's been like my my favorite thing in my life for as long as I've been alive. Um. But yeah, I'm 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 kind of unplugged. Uh, I, I'm not going to watch anything probably. I mean, I'll pay attention. Like I'm going to know what's happening. But you think I'm going to be on my vacation like locked into like bottom of the seventh inning Yankees and Orioles, not a chance, no chance. So yeah, I'm, I'm unplugged, man. Like this is, this is it for me today. I got one show today and I, I'll, I'll talk to you in two weeks. I'll talk to you on July 12th, Tuesday, July 12th. I'll be back. But okay. um, oh, I yeah, can take as you, much time as you need. I, I, I just, I called my dad earlier and talked to him for a half hour on the show. So I, you know, whatever. Do you know what we're doing? I think you'll love this actually. 
Do you know what we're doing right now on You Better You Bet? I actually, I actually think your audience would like this as well. And I don't mean this to be like a cheap plug for my show, but we kind of stumbled upon this idea. And I can actually read you some of these teams, and you can tell me what you think. I don't know how much time we have left in the interview, but I think you'll like this, actually. We have so, until you hang up, Nick. All right, so so that, we'll, we'll see when that is. When the Avalanche win the Cup on Sunday, right? Oh, yeah, sure. They complete the 16-4 run through the NHL postseason. And, like, I'm thinking, because I'm a you know massive sports fan and I've been watching hockey my entire life, like, where would I kind of rank the Avalanche among, like, not even, like, I don't even want to go back to the 90s and, like, the real dead puck era with, like, Jacques Lemaire and the Devils. But, like, where would I rank the Avalanche with the, the best teams of this century in hockey? And I'm thinking about it. It's like it has to be the 2002 Red Wings are number one, right, with the nine Hall of Famers and Scotty Bowman is a Hall of Fame coach. And so on the show, we're like, okay, like, let's do this for all the sports. Like, like the best NBA team of this century, the best hockey team of this century. And then we get to football. And it's such an interesting discussion, right? Because I think there's a case to be made. And we had Pete Prisco from CBS Sports on it. was a good friend of mine on our show yesterday, longtime NFL writer and supporter. And he actually thinks that the two best teams in the NFL in this century both didn't win the Super Bowl. And that would be the 2007 Patriots and then the 2001 Rams, which like everyone acknowledge, like acknowledges behind the scenes that the Patriots cheated in that game. But I don't care. Like I'm not saying that to be like, ah. Uh, I'm really upset that the St. Louis Rams didn't win that Super Bowl. But the Patriots cheated in the game, obviously. Uh, Cheating is just another way to say strategy to me. Sure, yeah. like The Rams were 14-point favorites in that game. You can make a case that the 2011 Packers that went 15-1 and and Rodgers won MVP the year after they won the Super Bowl, like it's like a top-five team this century, even though they lost to my my Giants uh, for the second time in four years in the playoffs. Sorry to say that, but it did happen. So we are going through – we have the 22 Super Bowl champions – we have picked 14, or excuse me, 12, like at-large teams, teams that didn't win the Super Bowl. Wow. We're having two play-in games to determine who takes on the one seeds, and we are doing, with point spreads attached to it, like a 32-team tournament, best teams of the 2000s in the National Football League, because there's nothing going on in sports. God, this and we rules. Think it's pretty fun. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. Yeah, so we've got the 34 teams. We have the four teams that are going to be the play-ins, like like the last four seeds. And then, and today we are going to seed the tournament with two regions, the Madden and the Summerall region. Oh, yeah. You know, and the we're going to point spreads for the games. First team that came to my head was the Patriots that lost. The 2007 Patriots are going to be one of the one seeds. Yeah, I mean. For sure. In the Summerall region, uh, Madden would never allow them to be the number one seed in his region <laughs> because they didn't win the Super Bowl. So they're going to be the number one seed in the Summerall region. Who else are you thinking for one seeds? Yeah, it's a great question, right? I don't. Th- I think it has to be a team that won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I it I. My vote would be for the 2000 Ravens. Yeah, I'm just looking through but the I results mean, now. I I like that one. because uh, a lot of these Super Bowls were so close. I'm just trying to look for a dominant team, like our our Packers. They wouldn't be up there. That team was. That team just got Okay, hot. so here's what's interesting about that Packers team in 2010, right? That had, like, the most games God, ever what lost a, what a, for a hey, team that won the hey, Super Bowl. What a great, good job. I'm proud to know well, you right now. Idea, this, well, this is great. Well, 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 with the idea, you mean? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. You stumbled upon it. It's great. Yeah. Um, that 2010 Packers team, like, uh, what, what, 10 and 6, it was the sixth seed in the NFC? But, and beat Philly and Michael Vick, and then Aaron Rodgers, the greatest game a quarterback's ever played in Atlanta on that Saturday night. Then beat Jay Cutler in the Bears, BJ Raji with the dance, and then beat the Steelers. Like, that team was the sixth seed, 
that team was ridiculous, ridiculously good. And like I feel, and you could say the same thing about the 2007 Giants, for instance, right? Teams that, that were that played every game on the road and like slayed the dragon in the Super Bowl, and like the Giants slayed the dragon. I guess like that Steelers team wasn't necessarily the Packers were favored in that Super Bowl, and I bet them, and they covered. It was great, 32-26, something like that. 31-25, they won by six and covered. Um, that yeah. that team's insanely good. And well, I they were that, at like, the end, it, but it, throughout they, they were four and four at one point. They were eight and six. They barely got in. But here, okay, so then here's the question, right? And this is what makes it a fun debate. I would argue that, like, okay, so if you put the Packers up against that Packers team, I'm making this up against, and I'm looking at the list of Super Bowl champions here. Let's see, like, who would be a fun matchup for them to go against? Let's say you put them up against the, I don't know here, like the 2002 Bucks, like the 2017 Eagles, whatever. Okay. Like, they'd be, under, they'd be underdogs in the game for that reason, right? Because they barely made the playoffs, whatever. But I mean, they, I would bet the Packers is underdogs. In wow. That game this is awesome. I'm not being like a jerk. I love every part of this. Yeah, it's great. So it's like, I mean, and that, and I, people can disagree. They could be like, well, you know, that Packers team wasn't great in the regular season and they got hot at the right time. I think they'd get smoked by like a great team, like the 2002 bucks. In my head, I'm like, I watch those games. Like, that Packers team at the end of the season was the best team. Like, they just were. And, like, the 2007 yeah. Giants, that they were the best. They would have beaten anyone that played them. And I think they would actually beat the Patriots, like, five out of ten times. I think people, like, are like, oh, the Giants got lucky in that game. Or Belichick was in, in, in insanely arrogant and only kept five offensive linemen blocking Brady the entire game with the spread offense. And the Giants just put him on his ass the entire game. And it would happen again and again and again if Belichick didn't change what he was doing. So I, I think that's what makes it really interesting. So, like, yeah, like the 2010 Packers would not be, like, a top seed, but I bet them as underdogs against, like, anyone, basically. So it's a question, who's going to be the other, the other one? I'd say the 2000 Ravens, the 2013 Seahawks get a lot of love. That team was, was ridiculously good. The 2013 Broncos were also insanely good. The team that got killed by the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Um yeah, I think honestly, like it might uh, the 2004 Patriots who went 14 and two and beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. They got to be under consideration. I think probably one of those teams would be the the other number one opposite the 2007 Pats. Hey, I love it. I'm, I'll be following this. This is great, Nick Costos. You better you bet. You're off next week, so we'll talk in two weeks. Uh we'll talk in two weeks. Yep. All right. Well, enjoy your vacation. Unplug and talk soon, buddy. Looking forward to it. Wishing everyone minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. Go outside and enjoy your summers, people. Yes. All right. Nick Costos. Wow. I love that idea. You better, you bet. You can check them out again on the Odyssey app. He joins us on the Great Midwest Bank hotline. If you're applying for a home renovation loan and you're a bit anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Interesting points about that Packers team in 2010 because, like, they were really good at the end. When they beat the Falcons on that Saturday night, as he referenced, I mean, they were very good. But to get there, ooh, it was a journey. That was a journey that season. 414-799-1250. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. I'm Bart Winkler. That's Tim Shea inside the Lakeland University Studios now offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. Great day to be a muskie. Talk a little bucks momentarily. Big Dave calling out of Cedarburg. What's up, Dave? Morning. How you doing today? Oh, uh, more important how you are, as Tim would say. I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, as far sure. as uh, a quickly touch point on the uh, box, I mean, I think that they're uh, in a great position like they were last year to be right there, so that's uh, pretty exciting. Um, I just hope that we don't have that, like, unfortunate, like, hey, it broke up the opportunity to uh, go on, like, uh, you know, two out of three, three out of four uh, with injuries. If we can stay healthy, we'll be right there. Uh, but I was calling to talk about I was kind of piggybacking off uh, uh, Costos in this, like, tournament and it got me to thinking uh, it was interesting to hear that tournament and then not hear a few teams that you think would be, like, referenced first, uh, which would be, like, uh, undefeated Dolphins, uh, 85 Bears. Well, they were, uh, to, to stop you, they were looking at just the 2000s. Oh, just 2000 on? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, that makes that makes a lot more sense. And in that period of time from Yeah, 85 on, Bears would be a one seed probably. Oh sure, yeah, that makes that much. They're fifteen that, and one uh, and dominant. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say uh, it. It got me to thinking about like uh, it was a really interesting point to see teams that haven't won it. Uh, where would you place them all time? Uh, and and it's a, a topic of conversation between a lot of Packer fans. If you were to take like every Packers team that there's ever been, how would that look? Would twenty ten be 
up near the top of there, or would you take teams like 2014 that was right there, or uh, uh, to Costa's point, 2011 when we had the probably best offense that uh, we've ever had, uh, but the defense was putrid. Uh, it, it'd, it'd be really interesting, and then the 60s Lombardi's teams in 66 and 67. Um, and, uh, I mean, it'd be hard to remiss that uh, the best Packers team probably in our lifetime is the 96 Packers was having a Hall of Fame ball. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna uh, uh, to steal Nick's topic and then steal your thought, and we're going to do a little Packer, best Packer team. Yeah, because that's such a just a really got me thinking of what, what would that look like for a uh, best Packers team? Because there's there's so many different like because we'd you know, probably like, write off like the 30s and the 20s. We don't know. I mean, we, what were you talking about? We don't know. But then the 60s right. Packers. Well, the football was so different. How do you you know? You also have Lombardi as coach. I mean, uh, in you know strategizing and uh, getting to, uh, players to play their best is such an interesting. Or would you take any McCarthy team over any Lombardi team? I mean, could just, you imagine I, a game? Where Mike McCarthy was on one sideline and Vince Lombardi was on the other, <laughs> McCarthy I'm would not I'm finish. As I'm saying it, because uh, talk about a, a, a historical mismatch from somebody who's uh, regarded. I mean, McCarthy in the first quarter, Vince Lombardi. He would say he has to go to the bathroom, and then he would just leave the stadium and never come back. I happened to watch uh, uh, some uh, video uh, of. Uh, when we went to the Super Bowl in uh, 2010, that game against the Bears. And, you know, we've had a shortcoming since then. That goes without saying, and I very well chronicled amongst Packers fans. But how conservative we were in that game to hold on versus Caleb Haining and how uh, things could be so much different if we don't hold on in that game due to vintage Mike McCarthy of not being, like, you see, like, the game plan completely change from, like, the outset where we come out hot as always to, like, holding on for dear life uh, because uh, nothing is being changed. So that's uh, just such an interesting uh, topic there. Uh, And reverting briefly back to the 96 Packers, it's like with, uh, you know, Hall of Fame, Leroy Butler, uh, you know, the guy with the most sacks in Super Bowl history in white, and Desmond Howard and being historically great there, uh, and Favre, you know, running a touchdown, throwing a couple, that that team, uh, you know, last team and I believe one of the only teams to uh, rank number one in scoring offense and number one in scoring defense uh, and win a Super Bowl. So it's just that that aspect that it's like, you know, uh, it seemed like, and that team was really good, 13-3. Um, and three, I believe they went undefeated at home again. I think they lost to the Eagles and Colts, a couple bad teams during the regular season. But um, in the playoffs, I mean, won by double digits most of the playoffs, including the Super Bowl. Uh, that team is, uh, I think, kind of, uh, you know, we, it's easy to chronicle uh, Rodgers and Favre's, you know, uh, hard losses and the teams that were so good, hence a great topic. Um, you know, the team in 2007 at home, I, I didn't think any of us in a million years, especially after beating the Giants pretty handily yeah. during the regular season playoffs, is just such a different dynamic. Uh, but that just makes for such an interesting topic of, uh, you know, my, my favorite team, and I thought are the most well-balanced team that the Packers had, uh, you know, since 96 was, I believe it was a 2007 Packers where we had Amon Green rush for almost uh, um, 2,000 yards, and our offensive line was like probably the best offensive line we've ever had, and that was the fourth and uh, fourth and 26 game that that ran into a team for the road. But do you take the last two Packers teams that uh, had 
you know, uh, you know, maybe Bakhtiari's a missing link, missing an all-pro guy, a little bit of extra uh, coverage there. Yeah, because if they win games. the Super Bowl, uh, Dave, thanks for the call. Good stuff. If they win the Super Bowl one of these last two years, I mean, we're putting them right up there with Rodgers and, you know, the defense and, and all that stuff. Interesting uh, to talk about. Good stuff there from Dave. Good stuff from, from Nick Costos. I'm Bart Winkler again. That's Tim Shea. I wanted to uh, share our chat with Ty Windish, who we talked to from the Eurostep podcast, because... You know, the Marshawn Bochamp stuff, he was introduced yesterday and very excited to be in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is home, he's saying already, so that's that's awesome. And the welcome that he got, and I want to make sure that he plays here and not a G League stash. He just came from the G League. So we talked to Ty about that, but then also Big Joe had this discussion that I was a part of about Chris Middleton and when you extend him, and I wasn't even thinking about it. But when you look at the contracts, him and Drew and Giannis, they're all under contract this year. And then Middleton's got a player option the next year. The year after that, Drew's got a player option. And then Giannis is on the books for three years and then a player option. So the Bucks have to decide, do we want to continue to try to win championships with Giannis, Middleton, and Drew, as Middleton's 31, Drew's 32? Or do we want to maybe do a shift change of show, of sorts? Bring in a new compliment around Giannis in a different direction. Or does Chris not require, you know, you might think, well, what's he going to want? Five years on the max? Maybe he doesn't want that. Maybe they've made a good amount of money. And, and being in Milwaukee is more valuable than a couple extra million dollars at this point. So it's something that we talked with Ty Windish from Eurostep Podcast about yesterday. And I thought, at first I thought, why are we talking about this? But then as I realized... No, this is this is a this is going to be a very major decision point for the Bucks coming up here. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I think he, what what they decide to do with Chris is going to tell us a lot about how they plan to pivot. And, and I think I, I was listening in a little bit, and I think you mentioned it, Gary, at one point. Like they're going to have to pivot to a new core around Giannis if they want to remain competitive long term because of the ages of Chris and Drew. I think the next year two years, which is if Chris accepts that $40 million player option for the year after the coming season, that's the the two years you would at least have those two guys around Giannis for. I think that's fine. I think you'll compete for a championship in both of those years with those guys, depending on what he does with his option. But I think will the Bucks try to actually become a cap, cap space team in either 2024 or 2025, which 24 currently all they have is Bochamp for less than 3 million. Giannis for about 49 million and then drew holidays, 38 million option. And I think, you know, you look at that and that sounds like, oh, it's not a ton. It's only about 90 million guaranteed right now. The cap could have 40 million between, you know, that number and, and the actual salary cap. But that's before you factor in does Pat Connaughton sign an extension this summer, which I think he probably does. Do you resign Bobby Portis? Do you sign any free agents to longer contracts this summer? So I think that space can go away pretty quick. And I also, part of me thinks that the way the NBA works now, it almost feels like good teams don't even go for cap space anymore. They just try to accumulate tradable salaries and you make the move that way. If someone wants to come to Milwaukee, you bring them in. You know, Drew Holiday was traded for. Chris Middleton, although he certainly wasn't this caliber of player, was traded for. You know, the Bucks haven't used cap space itself to sign anyone since... Greg Monroe, I think, was the last big player they signed with cap space. Since then, it's all been exceptions and trades. So 
I really think, and I've said this for a while with absolutely zero intel, but I think the, the resolution here was always going to be Chris signing a, a more reasonable extension, not the full max that he's eligible for, which I believe if, it depends if he accepts or declines the player option. That's going to be his big question. He could decline it and extend for even less than $40 million. He could accept it and extend after. And I don't like you know looking in the guy's pockets too much either. It's totally up to Chris. He's deserved all the money he's gotten, but he certainly has gotten a good deal uh, of, of contract money from the Bucks. So I think he's going to want to stay. I don't think he wants to go get a bag in Sacramento or Charlotte or wherever. So I think he's going to work something out to stay with this team in the longer term without signing for 40 plus million a year. But we'll kind of just have to sit and wait. I think July 11 is when he can officially uh, begin signing his extension. I do think they'll get something done this summer for a more reasonable number. And if they have to make a move down the road, it'll be a trade, not trying to open up cap space. Hmm. So you're thinking maybe they do a three-year deal here uh, this summer for Middleton? Yeah, I could see something like that. I, I believe. And that takes him to the age of what? Does that take him to 34? Where does that take him to? Well, he's 31 now, so you look at 35, 35. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if he, if he yeah, decides so. he'd rather stay with Milwaukee, and, and that's a big part of it, too, that has to be discussed. Because if, if he decides, look, because I, I look at the Warriors, you know, and I see, like, all their contracts coming up. But, like, Clay Thompson's not going to chase $45 million to go to Atlanta. If the, if the Warriors yeah. are like, all right, we want you, but we can't do 40, he'll say, I don't care. I'll go on my boat and take 20. Okay, that's fine. So if we get to the same situation with the Bucks, I mean, I could see that too. Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at, and again, I, I don't want to take away money that guys have earned by any means. I mean, Chris wants to go chase another $200 million contract. By all means, go do that, Chris. But like Pat Connaughton, I don't want to say set the tone, but I think maybe maybe tipped off how some of the guys are feeling by opting into that player option this year, where I think, you know, his three and D wing abilities, Pat Connaughton certainly could have made more than five point seven million. I'll say that comfortably uh, for this coming season. And he'll be able to sign an extension later to stick with the team longer as well, as I mentioned earlier. But I think this core wants to stick together. And, you know, this isn't sourced. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But, you know, I think the Bucks are going to try and make moves around the margin. Maybe some other players on the roster could be eligible for – or not eligible, but could be traded at some point this offseason. But I think the plan is going to be to try and retool around Giannis, Chris, and Drew and win that way. And I think you look at who the Bucks emulate with Giannis and, and the front office. I think they want to be like Tim Duncan and the Spurs. And, you know, the Spurs didn't – dump Manu Ginobili or Tony Parker when they got older, they found ways to add talent around them. So I'm, I'm sure Milwaukee hopes that Marjan Bochamp can be there, Kawhi Leonard. I certainly wouldn't put that expectation on him, but I think for that model of team building in terms of we're going to keep our core as long as we can, you know, maybe there's some concession made by guys to stay here, stay on a winning team, stay with a culture and, and players they like around them, even if it's not the maximum payday. I think that's what the Bucks are going for. We'll see if they can pull it off and, how they can extend that title window as some of the players age. But I do think that's the, that's the goal here for Milwaukee. Ty Windish with the Eurostep podcast. Now you've seen uh Bochamp before you've covered the herd a lot. They were actually his G league ignite team was there. So you've, you've seen a lot of G league. You've seen a lot of Wisconsin herd. And I, I, you know, I appreciate the pick and I like that Bochamp's like taking his strengths and trying to model that. I love that. He shouted out Herb Jones as somebody wants to play like, if you saw the Pelicans and Sun Series, Herb Jones was a 
huge difference maker as an energy guy, a motor guy, a defensive guy for sure, a, a three-point guy. I think with, with Bochamp, I don't know what the plan is for the Bucks. He just got drafted out of the G League. So I would hope that the G League days are behind him. I would hope that if they use this pick and they've got, you know, Wesley Matthews is up there in age and George Hill, like if these guys are coming back, if you use this pick for somebody young, it's the regular season, just keep him up here and give him the minutes. So I would hope that the plan tie is as little Oshkosh, no offense to the great city of Osh Vegas, but as little Oshkosh as possible. You know, I'm hoping for a game or two. Um, well, yeah, sure, if you're up there, sure. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I think it's going to be really interesting. It's almost hard to approach what the rotation is going to look like and what Milwaukee's priorities in free agency on Thursday should be. Just with the, you know, we kind of assume, like, maybe Bobby's back, but we're not sure. I think people are penciling in Wes Matthews. I certainly hope so. Like, is Javon Carter going to be back? You know, what are they going to do with some of these spots? And I think those questions – will have a lot to do with how much Bochamp plays as well. You know, I think if Wes Matthews is back, he'll either be starting or, or up there in the rotation. And, and my hope all along was bring Wes back, rely on him a little bit less because the Bucks just needed so much from this guy who is, you know, at age 34 or 35 season, I think, was, you know, unsigned until December and, and really stepped in and played, I think, better than anyone could have could have hoped. But you would hope that Wes doesn't have to start. But I think you know, how many, how many defensive first basically wings you're going to have in the Bucks rotation. We know you need shooters around Giannis. We know that is currently the one question mark, I guess, with Bochamp is, is how is that shooting going to, going to fare in the NBA? The ignite stats aren't good, but that was a team with poor spacing. It was a small sample size. He shot better in, you know, high school and, and Juco, but what does that mean either? So, you know, I, it's going to be really interesting to see, and I really think it'll depend on the Bucks, what they do in free agency and who they decide to bring back, how many minutes he'll have from the jump. But, you know, would I expect him to be starting for the Bucks in year one? Probably not, unless something goes really, really right, or hopefully not really, really wrong. Um, but I, I do think that he'll probably start off with the NBA, although maybe spend some, some time in Oshkosh as well, just when, you know, maybe the team is especially healthy or, um, maybe there's just a couple off days for the Bucks just to get him some more extended minutes. We've seen them do that with some former first-round picks before, although you know this is the first one they've used since Dante. I think they're very high on Bochamp, so it wouldn't surprise me if he was mainly an NBA player this year at all. You know, Ty, I thought we'd see, and maybe this happened after Middleton went down, but I, I thought we'd see or get something more out of Grayson Allen. I mean, straight but played mm-hmm. well in that, that bull series. And then, but really after that, he was kind of shut down. I mean, I think the Bucks. I thought they had a great bench, but then Middleton goes down. I think some of these guys are in unfamiliar spots maybe, and they need to be depended on more. And we saw what we saw. I, I would say the Bucks to me, uh, maybe, maybe uh, Marjan is a guy, but I still think they need another shooter somewhere on this team off the bench. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, I, I think that for me, when I look at free agency, I think someone else who can handle the ball, shoot and score a bit is going to be the priority here. And, and you hope Bobby Portis is brought back. You know, right. could they use like a, a traditional backup center? Yeah, but I don't think that's a priority. But I think someone who can come in and, you know, maybe you get a little bit of this from George Hill if he's healthier and he's brought back. But I certainly don't want to rely on that after last season, even before the injuries. You know, he didn't seem like he was giving you that 
that splashy offensive production. So a guy like Gary Harris, who's available in free agency, you know, players like that who you can rely on to shoot and score. Uh, we actually just did a podcast on this uh, last night that posted this morning. My co-host Rohan suggested Carmelo Anthony, who I hadn't thought of, but would give you that three-point shooter, a guy you can just go get a bucket, you can rely on to knock down shots. I do think they need that. I, I think you're not you're not in the worst situation if you just rely on Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen to do a little bit more and hope you're healthier with Chris Middleton making all of those guys look a lot better. But I think they they could certainly use another ball handler slash scorer to help make everybody's life easier, especially, you know, hopefully you're healthy, but when not all of your starters are out there, you know, I think Giannis, Drew, and Chris, for all the things they do well, another shooter slash scorer would make their lives a lot easier. That's Ty Windish, Eurostep podcast. He was on with us when I was jumping in on the big show yesterday, which is why you heard a little bit of my man G.E. Tremendous job yesterday. Oh, yeah? On the big show. Oh, yes. wow. Thanks. You did great. Oh, geez. Okay. That's all. Oh, I filled in for an hour. Yeah. It was a good hour. Oh. And yeah, we talked about uh, expired milk. <laughs> we talked about uh, the Brewers. The Bucks. The Bucks. We got it all covered there on the Wendy's Big Show, which is coming up at 10 o'clock. And then right after that... Uh, the post-game show is going to be on at, like, 2 today. Yeah. There's a game at 11-10. Do we have lineups yet? I haven't seen one. Got my, Keeping my eyes open, though. All right. We'll keeping take a look at that. Open. We'll talk some Brewers. We'll talk. We're going to talk some college football today. Yeah? Yeah. I think we're on the same page with college football. I'm ready. Mm, okay. More coming up in three minutes. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Odyssey is the app where you can find us. So the Brewers have not tweeted out a lineup yet. There's about 100 tweets from yesterday of them thanking people for following them and complimenting them and saying happy birthday and stuff like that. But there's nothing about a lineup for today. I do have... (laughs) Sorry. I do have. I uh, was reading a story, but heard you. Oh. And it took like five seconds to register. Oh, Brewers are very. Happy birthday. Very engaging Twitter account. Yes. Good to see from a professional sports team. I was thinking about doing the same for our account today. Oh, don't, God. (laughs) Whose birthday is it today? You know whose birthday it is? It's Colin Jost's birthday. Happy birthday. Mm -hmm. From SNL? Yeah. And other places as well. Yeah. All right, uh, I have the Brewers' media notes here. Okay, what do you Would got? Would you like some fun facts? Yes. Do you, news and notes? Yeah, no, just fun facts. Okay. All right, so they have their media notes, and they do little, like, headlines and then the stat. Their first headline is, back on track. Tim was asking last night, are they back on track? The Brewers say they are. All right. After going 1-9 and nine to begin June, the Brewers have won 10 of their last 15, including 7 of their last 10. Okay. That's a good note. Or that's a good fact. Do you know that tonight's game, or this afternoon's game, this will morning's be, game. this morning's game, will be just the 14th time in history that the Rays and Brewers have played? Interesting. That's it. You know who debuted against the Rays all those years ago? Prince Fielder. 
came up as a DH in an interleague series. That was his Brewers debut. Okay. Oh, Mike the Painter asked the stat earlier about Yelich since he let off. Well, the stat's right here, Mike. Mike said, what's his stat since he's been leading off? And I said, I don't know. Here's the stats from June. Since he moved to the leadoff spot on June 8th, Yelich is batting 312. And he has a 398 OBP. All right, let's vote him in. From the leadoff Start spot. Start voting, everybody. He would need to lead off in the All-Star game. Here's another one. Cutch me if you can. Andrew McCutcheon is batting 347. He is. With four home runs and 13 RBI. That's in his last 20 games. After his one for 40 skid, he is now 25 for 72. And since that span in the NL, he is third in on-base percentage at 440. Okay. A slice of Devin. Devin Williams is unscored upon in his last 19 outings. That's 17.2 innings pitched. Opponents are batting just 0.88 against him. Five hits and 57 at-bats. And would you like one more? Go ahead. It's not a Hobie. It's a way of life. (laughs) Hobie Milner has a 0.5 ERA over his last 18 outings and is unscored upon in his last eight outings. So those are some Brewers fun facts for you. How about that? This is only going to be the 14th time. That's crazy. The Brewers have ever played the Rays. And the Rays have only been to Milwaukee once. That will change later this year. They they do come here. Right. Wow. Once. They, they were here in 2011. Tampa won two of three. But that was it. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy, actually. That's that's that is crazy. Again, that's why I'm looking forward to the unbalanced schedule next year. Would you like to know any other stats? I have something for you, real quick. Okay. Something that just uh, broke. Not not breaking news. But, 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 not breaking. On the fan brought to you by Beat the Street Podcast. There will be a NASCAR will hold a tailgate experience for all you racing fans. On the oh, plaza, at the I, Deer I, I got this email and I deleted it so fast. <laughs> That's all. Uh, July third. So wins the or race. July second. When, the, the race is July third. The tailgate wins the experience. Road America race. It's July third up okay. in uh, Elkhart Lake. Mm-hmm. The tailgate experience will be held at the Deer District Plaza outside Pfizer. So, Park. like, is anyone going to be there on July second at two p.m. I'll uh, I'll like take Dick a should I there? take a look? It doesn't say if any. Well, someone should be there. Yeah, I would imagine, but again, is this like the first big deer district event since uh, the Bucks? Bang bang, the Bucks game. Yeah. Um, there's people doing yoga out there the other day. Yeah, they have little events here and there scattered around. Okay, but this could be the big first event. Yeah. So the Deer District's like, geez, how are we going to get all these people afraid of Milwaukee to come back into the city? Let's have a NASCAR event. <laughs> you can't even know. 
Oh, Bart. Am I wrong there? I'll take I'll take a walk down on Saturday. Who you got in that road race? You know, road race different than the oval track. I don't know. I don't do racing. Well, I like my boy Denny Hamlin. I'm a big fan too. <laughs> Jeff Gordon. <laughs> Je- Je- Jeff Gordon. We never like Jeff. We don't say that name in this house. He retired, right? We don't say that name in this house. Oh, okay, sorry. Dale. Oh, Dale. Dale Jr. or Dale God Rest? Dale Jr. Dale Jr. never could quite be his pappy, but those are those are big. Those are big. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.